Have you ever found yourself in a car on your way back into the city with two band members of a band that you just met that day with your fellow colleague, another filmmaker, after spending a day in the middle of a heat wave filming a music video on an alpaca farm? No? Well, then this episode is for you. You make me happy Whether you know it or not We should be happy That's what I said from the start I am so happy Knowing you my name is Jenny J, and you're listening to For Better or Verse, a podcast where we talk to creatives about what they're doing, why they're doing it, and how they keep on doing it. And today, I'm going to take you back to where I was last Friday, in a car, after a full day of shooting, under the hot, hot Ontario sun in the middle of a heat wave, on an alpaca farm. In this car ride, there is myself second camera operator to Aisha Gariba, who is my fellow filmmaker, creator, all-around super cool human, and Tom and Dan, the two musicians who also play in the band Bernice, the band we were filming for. I don't have much more context to give. It was a strange day, but there's something about the strangeness of alpacas mixed with heat, mixed with art, mixed with the mindset of a creator that comes together, sparks good conversation, conversation about the insecurities of our fields and how sometimes none of us really know what we're doing, even when it's been 10 years down the line. So this is us in a car on our way back into the city, definitely a little bit sunburned and definitely a little bit excited. Okay, so Tom, how do you feel? Right now? Right now. Um, mellow, and a bit, mm, what's the word, like, like, just anticipatory kind of dread about traffic. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I feel good, for sure, because um, today was really, really fun. I also feel like I got as much sun today as I have in the last year. So my my brain feels like it's kind of simmering. Just got a low simmer. I feel like a double baked potato. So, <laughs> Aisha, how do you feel? Uh, I'm feeling good about uh, the stuff that we got today, but I'm feeling tired and I'm feeling kind of scared because we're on a bridge right now, and I didn't realize that until I looked up from my phone. So, are you afraid of bridges? Ever since like Final Destination Five, it's been like. I should not say. I should not have said that. On. I should not have been to watching all the Final Destination movies. No, I don't think I've seen any of those. I've I've never even. I don't think I've heard of Final Destination Five. I say don't just don't watch them. I mean, especially not now. Uh, but just don't watch them. Um, I was young and like my friends all wanted to watch horror movies, and this is when I didn't like horror movies. I do like them now, but when they did when they all liked them and I was like okay yeah I'll just be cool and watch these with you like no problem like I love being scared to death um and yeah so let's just move away from the subject okay so Tom is this your first music video is this your like 10th how many have you done and what gives you your energy uh this is probably like uh I don't know in the 15 to 20 range of music videos 
sometimes I just one the other day that was like about eight hours straight on a green screen stage in a room that was about 50 degrees and I just about lost my mind um, and then, yeah. so this in comparison to that day oh I mean we were in an idyllic alpaca farm it was it was my ideal version of a day still a little hot but uh, otherwise a dream Dan I don't know why do you do it why do you keep making music why do you keep doing things in an industry that doesn't apparently appreciate you as much as they should? Uh, I mean, it's my favorite thing to do, um, play music. So it never really crosses my mind to not do it. Um, and I feel like when you, you know, if you stick to something long enough, you, you kind of make enough inroads that you can, you know, make a living more or less. But yeah, I don't know. It never, it never really seriously crosses my mind to to do anything else, really. Is this your full-time job? It is, yeah, um, playing. Um, I, I mean, I think a lot of musicians these days have to do some degree of diversifying a little bit. So I've done some a little bit of arranging work, and um, I've helped produce a couple of records, like in a more traditional sense, not in terms of like, you know, I'm not making any beats or like coming up with sounds, but more like helping shape the music behind the scenes. And, teaching. And some teaching. Uh, for sure. Uh, I have a couple students right now. And that's something I also enjoy, which which helps. Uh, and I also have a friend who has a publicity company. So and I kind of help him out on the side uh, a few hours a week. But yeah, the bulk of of my work is just playing playing bass. So. Intimidating, no? Well, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I mean, it's kind of the, the only reality I've really known for like, you know, for more than a decade now so it's I, I don't really think twice about it actually that often <laughs> okay so the people who think that music is now accessible and an option for them to do full-time because streaming is available for anyone who uploads your music what do you say to those musicians well to be honest I mean I think musicians our age never really knew a time when when record sales were a real major part of of your income you know they certainly aren't for me um, so I mean, the streaming thing obviously poses challenges. I mean, it's also the accessibility helps in a lot of other arenas in terms of finding places to tour and everything. Um, but I, I think for us, we're kind of just on the cusp of the of the sort of digital, the technology revolution that happened with the internet. So we grew up listening to CDs, but by the time that we were in university, you know, iTunes was coming around and things were sort of changing. So. Um, so I think we kind of know that the, that more traditional sort of music realm, but but at the same time, it's you know it's been in flux for the entire time that we've been playing. So um, so it, it doesn't actually feel like as big a sea change. I don't think. Like I think for musicians who are more like in their forties or fifties, it's it's a much it's a such a different landscape now. But for us, it's kind of you know more or less all we've known really. You know, um, and no matter what, one of the things you have to realize is that no matter what art form you work in um you know people are going to be nostalgic for a time past and in some cases a time they never really knew and you're going to hear from older musicians about how much better things were you know that's always the case like no matter what um but it's kind of i, I always think it's just kind of a rose-colored glasses thing because i think no matter what time you're in there's different challenges posed to you know to to, to working in, in the arts so yeah i feel like it's 
the healthy, healthiest thing to do is just kind of focus on your, on your, on your craft, on what you do and not, um, you know, not, not, not get too distracted by what people are saying. And also, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think too, too much about the business side of things. Ultimately, it's not something I really, um, super preoccupied with. And maybe that's to my detriment too, but it's also just, uh, I don't know. It's not really, yeah, to my, it's also to my health, but it's, yeah, it's just not in my, it's not really in my, my makeup. I don't think. I shift back to Tom for a second. For them, the world of music is a very different one than the worlds that I've been a part of, a world that I don't necessarily understand. Hearing their perspectives, it's different, and also important. And as creators, we sometimes fail to take in the worlds and the lives of the collaborators around us. Music is a professional setting that has not been at all affected by inflation. The fact remains that musicians have been making the same amount since like the 60s yeah like it hasn't changed like the, for the rate for a studio day the rate for a gig it's so there is no like nostalgia for a better time yeah it's or i guess there was just that the standard of living was different yeah. back then and it meant more to make 300 dollars in a day but we just haven't nothing's ever changed but that kind of helps your mindset like being like the lesser of the art form not like the not the lesser yeah. well, obviously we're the <laughs> superior but, it's, but yeah. it's like you know Films too expensive and insensitive. Arts pretentious. You know, music's just um, real. It's just it's <laughs> also, real people. Music's also it's also just been undervalued for so long. It's like, well, I mean, it's been it's been you know, it's not gonna get how much worse could it get? <laughs> it's absolutely necessary in everyone's life, and no yeah. one would ever deny that. So, yeah, totally. we're doing good work. And isn't that the most incredible feeling? To be truly excited about the projects that you're working on and finally be in a place where you're proud about it and your work has led up to it. So when I first decided that I wanted to create this podcast, which actually was a radio show, the reason why I created it was because I didn't know who I was as an artist and I was still trying to figure that out. So my question consistently to the people I talk to is, do you know who you are as an artist? And are you still trying to figure that out? And if you do know who you are as an artist, then what does that look like? And how did you get there? I mean, I like, I kind of like the idea of, of, you know, being in, in flux to a certain degree. So your, you know, your, your personal sound is always changing and always developing and, and uh, you know, I feel I, I play a lot of different, like, you know, different music genre-wise, so I don't really like to pin down exactly, you know, who, who I am um, or, or what exactly it is I do. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, it's a tough one. I, I kind of feel like the best, you know, if, if you're... If you're working in the arts, the best thing you can do is try to remain, just remain open and remain op- like open to the your your idea of yourself as a as a performer or as an artist, just changing, you know, um, and not like you know not not worrying too much about like I think it's important not to worry too much about branding yourself or like kind of you know, like um, pigeonholing yourself into like this is what I do, this is my thing, you know, because that might help to like so people can understand what you do right away, but. If it just means that it limits what you end up actually doing, then it's not what you, that's not what you want, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, I learned early on from some weird experiences that I didn't want to ever tell anybody what to do. 
and that I wouldn't didn't want to have like a very set vision or that I would try and suppress my vision um, just to accommodate everyone being able to do whatever they wanted to do. And that collaboration was ultimately like way more important than like my vision. Your vision, yeah. And so that's led me to this like, yeah, I don't know who I am as an artist and I'm kind of like in a blissful ignorance about that. Mm-hmm. It just kind of has a naivety to it, but I don't mind. And it also, yeah, it has led to me creating a bit less but also creating more at the same time. Like, like I've made less of my own thing. Just not that I've, you know, not that I've humbled myself to the point of only collaborating. Or I definitely have a vision. I definitely have music inside my head that I want to create so badly. And it's, but it, it really, I respect that it involves lots of other people. And I, I try not to get too caught up in the form and more involved in the content. Like I'm not much of a producer. I'd, I'd prefer to like, just uh, do you ever feel like your own creative voice suffocates or gets stifled as a result of you being a collaborator on other projects Mm, yeah yeah it's different every time but um the more you do it the more you find the like minds and the like souls to kind of to work to work among and uh yeah it's just it's taken however many years of like I've been freelancing for 10 years or so now I guess and you know my all my work at first was not necessarily what I wanted to be doing but I respected the process yeah. and now I'm at a point where all, you know almost 100% of the stuff I'm doing I'm like just so chuffed and on board and excited about everything so we switch gears for a second I pull back to Aisha you're going to hear me go on a little bit of a rant of how great Aisha is, but they are. They're very talented. They're also, in the eyes of people in the industry, young. But for Aisha, that comes with confidence that they've been allowed to foster and to grow. This is us. Switching gears. Aisha. So I first started this radio show when I was your age. That sounds so weird. Yeah, when I was 19. Um, And I started this because I remember specifically wanting a mentor. First and foremost, I didn't know what a mentor meant. I didn't. I just heard the word. And I was like, I think this is someone who gives you advice. Um, So I had a mentor and I was like, hey, listen, very specifically, I want to be involved in the spoken word scene. Because I was a spoken word poet at the time, and I was like, this is what I want to do, and I want to be a poet full-time for a living. How do I do it? And they were really like, uh, you should probably do something that involves the community and keep on writing. So I was like, cool, I'll have a radio show, and I'll feature like only poets. That was my like thing. I had the only spoken word like poetry radio show on air in the city for... Um, literally for as long as it existed and then it shifted and then I was like you know what spoken word isn't my thing necessarily it's not the community that I necessarily belong to it's not like a community that I I don't know I moved away from that and into the other arts forms that I felt like I belonged to but again I was 19 and confused and you are 19 and not confused you are 19 and appearingly not confused cool. <laughs> you already have a documentary, a full and feature documentary under your belt. You've done some really cool things. And you constantly are okay with reminding people that you're also only 19. Yes. And still learning and still growing and you're going to be better and do better. Where does that confidence come from? 
Um, I don't know. I think a lot of the confidence comes from being able to, being allowed to do what whatever I wanted to do within reason, of course, from a very young age. So I was always given like an unbelievable amount of support from my family and the people around me and um, support in, in every way that you can kind of imagine it. Um, again, within reason, <laughs> but I think that's where it comes from. And I think in a lot of, in a lot of ways, I, I kind of uh, label that um, confidence as like cockiness sometimes. And I try to scale it down majorly. <laughs> and so, and so I, I kind of like when people recognize that, that I'm comfortable saying whatever and, and being who I am and, and everything. But, but sometimes that does still get to me in a sense where I'm just like, oh, I'm going to be too much and then I'm going to actually be put to the test and I'm not actually going to know mm-hmm. what I'm doing or what I'm saying. But, um, but then I, like, I try to balance it out with, with being clear to everyone that I don't know a lot and I'm still learning and I need help, but I'm willing to learn. So I hope that answers your question and more. So like when you're my age, a.k.a. like five years down the line, <laughs> so when you're a swift 24 okay yeah that's five years <laughs> yeah yeah um what does Aisha at 24 look like what are they doing um what work are they putting in and what industry are they a part of or not a part of um the one thing that I know is not gonna happen by then or ever is like Aisha at 24 is taller but that's <laughs> That's something that's just not gonna happen. I'm five one now. Like I hope that it happens. Like knock on wood, put it out into the. I'm pretty sure we stop growing at like sixteen. Yeah, like it's just it's done. So um, so yeah, let's just throw that up. Like to to the the, universe. Yeah, whatever. We'll see what happens. Like I'll check back in with you in five years. But hopefully, in five years, I'm still learning a lot of things. Hopefully, in five years, I am evolving, um, and. And continuing to, to follow the things that that call me. Because I don't know, like, I, I feel really weird about... I mean, I have a list of goals in my phone that I would like to achieve. But I don't know if I want to set a time limit to them. Because it makes me... I already put place unbelievably high expectations on myself for what seems to be no reason. So I don't like setting time limits on things. And I like to just make sure that I'm being... I'm being like I'm taking care of myself in that way. Yeah. But but I don't know. I think I think the only thing that I can say which keeps it vague enough that like whatever happens I'm- it'll 100% come true what I'm saying. But like I I think I like to keep it vague and say that I I hopefully will be able to continue to to take on projects that I enjoy um to make art for myself. You know when you read like horoscopes and you're like that totally fits exactly what, what I was about to do today. Is vague enough? Yeah. We're just like, dear Taurus, today you will wake up and get on your feet and like start your day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, me. But like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm a Taurus moon. No, I'm a Taurus rising. Right. I'm a Taurus rising and a Pisces moon and an Aquarius sun. I don't like to say my my sun sign too much because people think I'm just like distant emotionally and I'm just like no but I'm a Pisces moon so it's okay um but yeah like I don't know when it comes to like me in five years I like to keep it vague enough that that no matter where I'm at 
24 year old me is going to be like, you know what? Thanks for looking out for me and not placing unbelievably high expectations on me. See, I have what I like to consider a consistent two year goal. No matter what I am doing in life, I will always have like, uh, what does the next two years look like? And as long as like, if I decide to change that, if my I'm able to amend what my two year goal looks like, then I will allow myself to change that. Okay, I'm okay with that. So I'm like the two year goal might consistently change every month, but like as long as there is a two year outline based on my changes, mm-hmm. then sure, let's go with it. And if I can't foresee past like the next like two months, then that seems scary and like let's amend it so that I can at least foresee the next two years regardless of what like changes I make mm-hmm. I see what you mean yeah I definitely like my favorite sayings that I don't know if I, I didn't I don't think I made this up honestly but it's to not like do your younger self a disservice mm-hmm. and to recognize where you're at at every point because I feel like I always joke that I peaked at 14 because like or like 15, like 14, 15 was, was when I, I, I joke about me peaking because I feel like I was just doing a lot of stuff and, and my dreadlocks were at like a nice length. Like it was like things were going pretty well for me and I was just kind of like doing well in my in my mind. But then also I, as I joked about that stuff more and more, I realized that 14, 15 was the time in my life where I was most confused. I was the most like... I was just not taking care of myself. And, like, you can't really expect that of a 14, 15-year-old. But, like, I was just dealing with a lot of stuff that I think was unnecessary for me to have to deal with. And so I feel like that's a little bit telling. But I also want to want to look back to my 14, 15-year-old self and, and recognize that, like, yeah, I'm doing stuff now. And, and back then I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have imagined that I'd be able to do the amount of things that I've done now and live as the kind of person that I'm living as now. And so I don't want to do my my younger self a disservice by, by kind of like being like, okay, cool, we're done. What's next? You know, like I think mm-hmm. that's that's my biggest thing is like still setting goals, but still recognizing that like, hey, you're still like fucking it up in your own respect. You know, like it's you're still doing doing things and 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 even not doing things is like a commendable act for me based on my track record of overworking myself. It's like, hey, you're still. You're here, you're kicking, you're taking care of yourself, and you're still producing art, sometimes for yourself that you don't share with people, uh, sometimes for, for other people, and, like, you're able to, like, actually reach a decent audience, and then sometimes you, you just, like, sleep when you need to sleep, you know? Like, I think that's... I don't even know what the question is, but I have a tendency of going, like, off the rails when it comes to this kind of stuff, but, but yeah, when it comes to, like, setting goals and stuff like that, I just I just try to make sure that... There are goals that are floating around in the air, and I'm speaking them out into the universe, but I will not beat myself up if, when I graduate from university, I don't have six feature films. Like, you know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. And even even the weird thing about people bringing... Like, the hallmark of tolerance, my, my featured-length doc, is just, like... It's so funny, because I sat in my dorm editing that documentary at 2 a.m. the day it was screening. Like, April 7th, 2017... I was, like, sitting in my dorm cutting out, printing out, like, newspaper clippings of, like, um, one amazing, like, black liberation, like, like activists in, Toronto, in Canada. And then cutting them up and filming them in my dorm at, like, my first year dorm at 2 a.m. before the film was screening. Like, that's very much what that production was like. It was, like... There were a lot of amazing people helping me, but even when people bring that up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I made a documentary that was, like, a, 
a decent length and a lot of work. Yeah. And I made it over like eight months, but whatever. Like, you know, like I just, I, I mean, I, I just did it. And for me, it was just like a thing that I did with the help of a lot of people, but it is in no means an amazing feat because I feel like as a storyteller, even I'm just like, I'm literally just pointing a lens quite literally to people who are doing amazing things yeah. and trying to make I'm like trying to curate it in a in a way where my voice isn't too present because again I just don't know a lot of things so I'm just trying to learn by by doing and by teaching people stuff I get really I get really weird about stuff eventually like I don't know I feel like people don't see this side of me a lot and they won't because it's a podcast but I get really shy sometimes when it comes to the things that I've done I don't know why but especially when it comes to the stories that I tell because I don't I don't think I'm even telling them. I think I'm just plugging in a bunch of sound equipment for people to tell their story and and like editing it together so they don't have to. So I got another question for you. How old are you? <laughs> Thirty three. How old did you start? I mean, I played music in high school and gigged and had bands and stuff. How old do you consider yourself like... How, how old were you when you consider yourself like a professional start? I mean, I still don't. I'm still coming into that. Really? <laughs> yeah, like, just sort of coming into concepts of self-worth. In terms, like, as a freelancer and stuff. Like, those are hard mm. things to tackle that don't... Like allow me to fully be like I'm a professional, even though I am working all the time full time as a musician. Yeah. But uh, probably like I did six years of university because I was just kind of loafing, and then like the week after I finished my sixth year, I got a really good gig on the road for two years. So I guess like right away. So I guess like like I said, ten years I think probably or maybe eight years. Did you know what like? Tom five years down the line from that start was gonna look like no do you still know what Tom five years down the road from now looks like I know a bit better now because I've learned a lot more about where and what and how I want to do things Mm -hmm. I didn't know at that point when I started I thought just like oh it's only upward mobility from here like I just want to play bigger and bigger shows until I've got the record contracts and I'm playing for big audiences. And then when I did those things and saw saw that, that top level of the game, I was like, oh, I actually don't want this at all. I'd much rather be maybe just in Toronto working on a community level, playing yeah. music with people. You know, that's maybe a better way to kind of like enact change and take care of myself and do the things that I want to do, have time to do the things I want to do. Meanwhile, I'm still on the road a lot, but uh, so... and. I can foresee Tom in five years probably still living out of a suitcase a lot of the time, but uh, um, right now, I'm Tom, future Tom's pretty open yeah. to lots of different versions of that. I could maybe not even be playing music in five years. Who knows? I'm open to that, too. I could be dead. Open to that. <laughs> I mean, realistically, for all of our listeners, you could die literally slipping on your bathtub. In the shower. Let's not put that. That's up. more. Ac- that's There's actually no wood to knock on, so we can't keep doing this. Like I'm gonna knock on this wicker basket. But that's more likely than being like bitten by a shark. Yeah, because who's swimming with sharks every day? Facts. 
hope that people are bathing at least frequently enough that the odds are pretty high that they're but if you're not also that's none of my business so like i don't care like that you know what i mean i just feel like people are just too judgmental like fuck um sorry <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I just, no, don't know if there was more you wanted to add. <laughs> um, do you bathe with sharks, Tom? Do you? The conversation goes on for a little bit longer. We talk about other ways you could die. We talk about the fact that our teachers sometimes stifled us as children because we were too loud or too inquisitive or took up too much space. We go on to talk a lot about a lot of things and then obviously you go back to the alpacas that we spent all day with. But this is where I'll leave you, my listeners. Are you setting the goals for yourself or where you want to see yourself in five years? Are you asking yourself all of those questions and consistently checking in on what you're doing? Are you recognizing that it's okay to not be fully sure, but taking the steps to make sure that you're on the right track? As creators, we often forget the business side of things, the longevity of our art, and the longevity of us as people. It's easy to get all consumed and then also to fizzle out so quickly when things don't work out or when things seemingly aren't working and we're on a track to being the trope of a starving artist. But like Tom says, music, art, we need it. It's necessary. So the artists, the creators, ourselves, We need us too. So what are you doing to sustain yourself? How are you keeping up with it? And are you having these conversations? Even if you're not, why don't you start? You've been listening to yet another episode of For Better or Worse. My name is Jenny J and I have been your host. This podcast has been brought to you by the Double J Collective, uh, produced and distributed over here at Sisterhood Media. It has also been produced and mixed and audio engineered by yours truly with intro music from Never Shout Never with the title track, Happy. I've been doing something different with these episodes in the last few while and if you like it, if you don't like it, if you have opinions, if you have thoughts, if you have someone else that you think should be on the show, let me know. My Twitter is at JustJennyJ, that's J-U-S-T-J-E-N-N-Y-J-A-Y or Instagram, JustAskJenny. Uh, send me a message. Say hello. Tell us that you're listening and use the hashtag for better or verse whenever you see these episodes drop. And until then, as usual, I hope you're having a beautiful day.